Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. And it is our joy to be in the studio again today, uh, as it is our weekly custom uh, to be with you. And i got to be honest, we don't always know what in the world we're about to talk about. <laughs> 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 That's the case today. Uh, we're in the studio with, of course, our good friend and brother, David Ham. Hey, what's up, Greg? Yuha and Turi. Hey. And, of course, behind the engineering booth, uh, table, council, uh, <laughs> our drummer and friend, Harry Vaughn, is with us today on this podcast. And we are just delighted again that you are joining us. This is going to be an interesting conversation because uh, today we had a cancellation. Yeah. We had uh, a young artist from India descent, or Indian descent, who was going to be with us for the second time today, and unfortunately due to uh, two deaths in the family over the course of three days, mm. uh, he and his family are having to head back uh, to India and uh, tend to some family matters. Uh, so we certainly want to be in prayer for them. Uh, one of our staff, Sheba Joseph, is the cousin and one of the relatives, of course, of that family. So we do want to be in prayer for them as they travel. Uh, some are gone on yesterday. Shiva will be leaving tonight. Yeah. Um, but it is always interesting conversation going around in mm-hmm. the office and in the oh, studio. Yeah. And uh, today, as part of a, uh, I was just re- reflecting on some some reading I was doing the other night and came across a passage of scripture in Numbers chapter 8 that I wanted to share uh, and then I, I went to, uh, <laughs> came to Dave, and they're quiet because they have no idea where we're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> but just, I really am here with three um, other people. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're here. We're here. We're, here. we're, here. we're, we're in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of these topics that I, I think, you know, sometimes we think about, and then for the most part, we don't think about. Uh, in in ministry, and we've hit on it in, from different angles uh, over the course of this podcast. Uh, Dave, we often talked about the need for uh, some of us to be, or all of us, to be pouring into other people, right? Uh, and developing, or further developing, helping to develop their gifts and talents. Uh, so that the ministry can continue. Yes. Uh, so that ministry never becomes about one person or your mm-hmm. area of ministry never becomes just about you and nobody else can do what you do. That's right. Um, and finding some security in the fact that, you know what, I can develop people to do exactly what I'm doing and in fact develop them to do it better mm. and still be secure in what I'm called uh, to do. Yeah. Now that has a lot of temp- tentacles. I mean, you can talk about leadership and leadership uh, fostering an environment of security. You can talk about, you know, one being secure in in him or herself or secure in what the Lord's called them to do. I mean, you can talk about this from a number of angles. Yeah. But I think the key is, of course, that at the end of the day, we've got to be developing people to do what we do uh, and, and pouring into this next generation. And sometimes the next generation is not always an age generation as much as it is a new flock of people. Yeah. That could be coming in. Yeah. The next generation and this generation. And this generation. Yeah. Just investing in their lives and preparing them to uh, to pick up the torch and to carry on with what we, we know God is calling us to do in this very hour. I think, too, uh, if we look furthermore at just the need for urgency, uh, knowing that we are living in the end times mm. um, and knowing this will, I think, help us be a little bit more quicker to invest in, in the lives of, of this generation, this next generation coming behind. Um, you said something, too, 
that I think is challenging for us all, being able to be comfortable yeah. uh, to prepare those that are coming behind us to do what we've been called to do better than us exactly. uh, and being ready to to release mm-hmm. and, and to let go and trusting in what God has for others behind us. Yeah, yeah. It's so pivotal. It, it is much like what, you know, and, and the, although the circumstances were different, Paul developed Timothy. He yeah. poured into Timothy. And we talked about that in a previous podcast. Let me read this passage of scripture, these few verses, and then we'll dive into this, this uh, discussion. And we want to hear from you. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, of course, uh, we want you to shoot us an email, or hit us up on a Facebook or Twitter. And of course, Jesse will tell you how to do that later. But in Numbers chapter eight, I'm going to start reading at verse 21. Scripture says, and the Levites were purified and they washed their clothes and Aaron offered them as an offering before the Lord. And Aaron made an atonement for them to cleanse them. Verse 22. And after that went the Levites in to do their service in the tabernacle of the congregation before Aaron and before his sons, as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so did they unto them. And verse 23, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, this is that that belongeth unto the Levites from 20 and five years old and upward. They shall go in to wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And from age of 50 years, they shall cease waiting upon the service thereof and shall serve no more but shall minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of the congregation to keep the charge and shall do no service. Thus shalt thou do unto the Levites touching their charge. Now, I am in the middle of really unpacking this, and so we're not even going to try and do it in an hour. (laughs) But I got to tell you, when I read it, I was both blessed and both alarmed. Because I started serving in ministry when I was 13. I mean, that was my first uh, ministry, op, you know, my ministry responsibility, like sure. like job, for lack of a better term. I mean, I was literally on the books mm-hmm. at a church at age 13. And it was great because I had, you know, I had my allowance that my dad gave me, <laughs> you know, and then I had this other income that I worked for, you know, mm-hmm. two days a week. And, you know, when you grow up in the projects, you know, uh, $60 is a lot yeah. of money, man. Yeah. <laughs> it goes a long way. Back in 1981, that's, this was, you know, so this was, uh, this was, I felt quite proud, but it never went to my head and it just, it wasn't one of those things where I thought I had, you know, cause I didn't know anything about arriving, quote unquote, <laughs> or being on top of the world. I was right. just happy to be able to go get a bag of, get a knee high orange and a bag of Cheetos, <laughs> you know. Some cookies, some yeah, bon and say I bought it, you know, or get a honey bun or, Cheeto you know, steak. you know, some munchos, you know, and I paid for it. I didn't have to ask my mom all the time. And it was. Today it's hot Cheetos <laughs> and Takis. <laughs> You know, so it was it was great to be able to do that, and I I look back at it and realize, and I didn't didn't realize it so much then, but I realize now how how blessed uh, I was. But the other side of this text scripture, the verse that I just read, also alarmed me because it says that at age fifty, you don't do this anymore. <laughs> I I read that as you were reading, that, I was like, man, that sounds good. <laughs> I like that. But I thought, man, I got five years more of service and I can just pull back and mm-hmm. just chill. But we get to this 
unavoidable discussion that that we we have to talk about in in the church we have to talk about we listen we have to talk about this in family we have to talk about this in our secular jobs uh and in every asset uh, aspect of life where it's it's it behooves us to be pouring into other people to do what we do should any of us come tomorrow and we are no longer doing what we're doing today what what would harry vaughn do if tomorrow he was not the drummer and the engineer you know what? What would what would David Ham do if he was no longer in a podcast or no longer serving with helping out at Summit and no longer doing all the other things that he does? What would David Ham do next? What would Yuha do if there was no more need for transcription, no more need for bass players? Mm. What do we do next? Well, uh, I think going back to where you started about you know being secure in who you are, I think that's a key issue. And it, I think it comes to the idea of identity. Who am I? Mm. And that my identity, my self-value is built upon my relationship with God. Because that's the one and only constant in my life, uh, yeah. at least in my own experience. Because we've been through different changes and different, we've been serving the Lord in different functions. But that's, you know, the, the one and only thing that's remained constant right. throughout my Christian experience is the relationship that I am in Christ and mm-hmm. he is in me. So that gives me uh, confidence and security when when you go through those changes, you know, yeah, changing yeah. different cultures, changing the way you minister, you know, uh, I think that's at the core of it. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a security uh, that you, you don't feel threatened, you know, about, mm-hmm. you know, someone else taking, in a sense, your place, because, you know, that's the one thing no one can take away from you. Yeah, that's mm. who you are in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've given it some thought, but not as much thought as I should have. Um, when I first tore my rotator, I, I tore my left rotator probably two years back, and then just recently I tore the other one. So, it, you know, now I'm really th- thinking, like, you know, because, you know, I, it doesn't last forever. In, in the sense of me playing drums here at Town Square, which I, you know, I, I, I do have a couple of young people that are coming up behind me, like Adana, um, David Hamson, Zion. Zion. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I just want to make sure he's on your list, all right? <laughs> Zion and uh, uh, David O'Vera's son, um, Caleb. And, you know, it's a couple of young people. And there's um, uh, Moses from Friday Night. Um, who's He's a little older, but he's still coming up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I pour into them as much as I can. I mean, I do have a my own immediate family. Uh, you know, I got a three-year-old, my wife. And, um, you know. She's drumming my, too? No, I don't. Oh, okay. it's, it's crazy. I don't know if I want Jubilee to go that route. It's, it, it's a lot of wear and tear on the body. And, um, you know, amongst well, you, other you, You're the bionic man now. Because didn't they put like some like bionics up there now? I, yeah, but I, I'm. You know, <laughs> you've got some metal in them shoulders now, huh? Yeah. I, we'll see when I go through a metal detector at the airport. <laughs> see if it holds up the missions trip or what have you. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just starting to give it a a lot of some more thought what would i be doing if i'm not drumming anymore yeah is it is it the general sense that most people who serve in ministry don't want to think about life after doing what they've always done yeah mm-hmm. 
I mean, and help me, you know, and, I, and maybe there needs to be, because you've pastored, you, huh? you've pastored in other countries, um, uh, and and here, am I right? Did you, did you plant no, any no, churches? No, no, no mostly no. Over, overseas. Um, but isn't it, and it seems to me that there's a general consensus that nobody wants to think about what they would be doing if they were no longer doing ministry as they know it. Uh, and I don't know if that's a fear, if it's an insecurity, or if it's because they don't have any other skills. You know, I've been called I, to I preach. Think it's this all is of the all above. I know to do. You know, I've never even heard anybody <laughs> preach on that. Yeah, I mean, I've never. Doing? And I and I and I love this or phrase because and I've used it many times that when you never retire from ministry, you may not do it as much, but you never retire. You know, right. if you're called to do something, you don't retire from it. And I hear and I and it always perplexes me when I hear um, people say, "Well, he's a retired pastor." Yeah. Now, I understand that in the general context, you know, he may not be leading a flock from Sunday to Sunday in mm-hmm. that regard, but you don't ever retire from winning souls. You don't ever retire, no. right, from preaching the gospel. You shouldn't. No. Yeah. And so I think a lot, a lot of what you said, you have, I mean, this piggybacks on that, in that your your state or your status in, in Christ doesn't change, mm-hmm. um, um, but your profession, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> or I call it function. Or function, you know, exactly. We have different functions. Function. Yeah. Our calling is, in essence, the same. You know, right. it's, it's it's first of all a calling to relationship with Christ. That's number exactly. one. It should right. always be number one, and everything we sh- do should be an outflow, an expression of that relationship. Yeah. If we reverse that, it's not Absolutely. healthy anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and pick up on this discussion. Again, we invite your comments and your questions and your thoughts right after this. Pastor Carter Conlon has published a new book entitled Unshakable, Trusting God When All Else Fails. In the book, he writes, you have believed and trusted in God. Perhaps you started out with much faith and promise for the future, but now you often feel like the psalmist who cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What if I told you there is a divine purpose? Would you be surprised to learn that you are in the very center of God's will for your life? We're entering a perilous time in history in which your life and testimony will be a priceless currency for the kingdom of God. Jesus is putting a deposit of his life within you for the sake of others. He's making you unshakable. For more information on this book and to order it online, visit tscnyc.org. Times Square Church has established the following scholarship funds to benefit potential students nationally and internationally. The David Wilkerson Memorial Scholarship will be awarded annually to deserving students in good academic standing and displaying exemplary Christian character. The Cross and the Switchblade Scholarship will be awarded annually to students from urban areas demonstrating obvious financial need and a desire to reach inner city youth. The Times Square Church Scholarship Fund is an award to assist talented young people who are at risk of failing to obtain a Bible school education because of economic or other circumstances. For further information regarding qualifications and due dates, and if you know someone or if you would like to apply for one of these scholarships, please visit the Summit International School of Ministry website at summitpa.org or visit www.tscnyc.org. Jumala on Summit International School of Ministry. JS Summit International School of Ministry. Бог присутствует в Summit International School of Ministry. Il Signore è al Summit International School of Ministry. Il Signore vita in Summit International School of Ministry. Summit International School of Ministry. 
back, and we are discussing, I don't even know what to call this, we're discussing the idea of retiring slash no longer doing what you do in the function in which you do it today. Or you can call it the Holy Ghost line of succession. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is that too deep? <laughs> passing but the we, baton. But we're the talking baton. about passing the baton. Exactly. We're talking ministry about developing investment. Uh, other people in ministry to do what we do in the event that we are no longer able to do it. Um, um, and and so prior to the, to the break, Harry, you alluded to it. Before you mentioned a number of people who are younger artists or younger musicians who are coming up, but you also mentioned, you know, one gentleman who's an older uh, gentleman who who is, is also a drummer uh, here in a different area of the of the ministry. And and I think the misnomer, and I like us to talk about it just for a little bit, is that whenever we talk about developing other people or mentoring other people, the misnomer is that it's always people who are younger than us or the next generation often um, we often relegate that to an age group, but sometimes you're having to develop people within your own generation and developing people in generations who are before you Uh, older uh, musicians Mm. and older singers and older choir directors and older pastors and et cetera. Yeah. Um, Well, well for me, when I first met uh, Moses, he, um, you know, and I have to admit, I, I I was probably a little taken back because, you know, to want to start drumming at an older age is, you know, it's it's going to be quite a learning curve. And, I, you know, sometimes people tend to do it because they think it's a really hype thing to do and like, oh, wow, I get to make noise and what have you. But Moses, he, he just wanted to serve. He did. He's had that heart to play drums for a number of years, he just never really had an outlet. Mm. And um, when I had the opportunity just to sit down and just share with him, uh, you know, some of the basics in, in drumming, which is an excellent way to really find out if a person is serious or not, you show them, you know, basics. And if they take those basics home and practice them, you know, constantly, then you, you, you know, I look back and I'm just like, okay, they're serious because you can, you actually see growth in them even when you're not there. You know, they're, they're going, you know, and picking up sticks and they're practicing and, and doing what have you. And I mean, we're not I'm not even touching on on, on the, the biblical or theological uh, 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 perspective of, you know, music ministry, because I believe that he understood that it was just kind of, you know, was he willing to put in the work mm-hmm. to 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 learn? And he's he's one of those guys that. You know, he shows up. Well, he used to show up almost every Sunday, just ask a question, you know, about holding a stick or, you know, mm. you know, different things. Hey, how did you play that drum fill? And oftentimes I'm, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, for me, it's been the opposite. It's been um, not, when I say the opposite. I mean, I've had the privilege of being able to pour into both younger and older, uh, older musicians. Um, but a lot of times they'll come with great skill with impeccable skills. In fact, I, I meet them all the time, just some really, really talented keyboardists and musicians and singers, et cetera. Um, but then lack that commitment to God. They lack that, that, uh, that, uh, that basic understanding that this is not a place where you're just going to get on, get on the platform and catapult yourself, you know, use this mm-hmm. as a springboard to your, your public, uh, you know, career, if you will. And, uh, and so part of us as a ministry, uh, when I say part of us as a ministry, I mean as individual ministers, 
part of our responsibility is to make sure that we develop them in both aspects, that they understand the ministry side of music ministry, if you will, mm-hmm. and that they and then of course that they understand the, the, the technical, um, you know, if it's basic rudiments of you know drumming or basic stuff about bass guitar playing or basic stuff about you know Christian theater or whatever it is, uh, what you know, in these various aspects that they understand the basic on the technical, but that they also and more importantly have a solid biblical foundation yeah. of why we do what we do. And I think you hit on that, uh, you that that has got to be the paramount. See, we're called first to a ministry. I think our first ministry, our first calling is to a ministry of repentance. And we yeah. see that in Deuteronomy. We see that in the Old Testament. You know, our first uh, calling is to a ministry of, of repentance. And that is one where we, re, you know, we are reconciled to God through uh, Christ Jesus. That's ministry one. And that deals with the status and the state in a sense yeah. of the believer in, in Christ Jesus, you know, yeah. and, and then all the other stuff follows seek ye first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you kind of move from uh, mere mentorship to actually discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. It goes to a deeper level uh, where the spiritual aspect is there because there can be mentorship without discipleship. Exactly. exactly. You know, you're just teaching a skill right. drumming or something it's mentoring, yeah. but then if we talk about discipleship in the context of, of church work, it mm-hmm. should always be there, you know, to mm-hmm. include that with the mentoring, right. uh, you know, teaching. I mean, what is discipleship? Teaching them to keep everything that mm-hmm. Jesus right. commanded. commanded, not just to know about it, but right. to, to live it out. Keep it, mm-hmm. yeah. so, And no, sometimes the mentoring, you know, what you're doing can be drumming, it could be sports, gives you a natural platform mm-hmm. to do the discipleship exactly. because you got something exactly. to work on something to do you know i've i've uh, when i was in Indo- indonesia i met guys who were from great Br- britain and uh, uh soccer players soccer coaches and they used that skill to minister to muslim youth mm-hmm. uh, they they were coaches mm-hmm. uh in in a soccer for a soccer team but they used that relationship of a coach and a player to actually discipleship mm. Muslim kids, and they didn't know they were being right, discipled, right. <laughs> but they mixed that in with yeah. with the you know, which I thought was great. So, uh, listening to that, <clears throat> it, I'm reminded of the scripture that you read, Greg, in verse 24 that says, "This applies to the Levites from 25 years old and upward. They shall come to duty in the service of the tent of meeting." Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, Harry, about uh, mentoring and discipling somebody older uh, of this generation, quote unquote, person. Um, I mean, it's simply biblical. Um, for me, I lean towards the interpretation of the need to be mature enough and mm-hmm. ready to take on all of these things that, that we're, we're talking about here in terms yeah. of mentoring and, and discipling. And this is what we ask of you. And this is the responsibility. Yeah. And it says it as being um, that they're to come to duty, which means that this is this is a job. This is a, this is a responsibility and uh, what you're called to do in ministry. So I I. I think yeah I I think there is that next generation that um that is supposed to be mentored and and taken care of but then I think there's that, there's this this generation of of young adults um and adults that need to be able to 
to submit to some type of mentorship yeah. that need to be willing to submit to their leaders, understand and recognizing it's 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 the duty that I'm being called into into the body of Christ to serve and be able to embrace that responsibility. It comes with a need for maturity. Mm-hmm. And so and I love the fact it was like 25 and older <laughs> needed to jump in and yeah. it's, it's time to pick up your duty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And with that, I mean, when you think about uh Mentorship, when you think about walking into an area of of ministry, uh, part of part of being mentored involves accountability, and it it, it involves learning that, and it involves learning accountability, it, it involves uh, responsibility. You know, it, it involves all of that, and, and and if one can't come under the tutelage or under the instruction of, see, when Jesus says, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, that's what he means to become a student of me. He didn't say, you know, put this thing around your chain, let me jerk you around a little yeah, bit, yeah. you know, around your neck. It, it, he means to become a student of, to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And, um, uh, from, you know, for my yoke is easy and, and my burden is light, but it means to become a student of, and a part of that is a large part of that, in fact, is accountability mm. and reliability and responsibility. You know, so, uh, if we're going to be students of, and this is for every generation, you know, if we're going to be, uh, mentored or if we're going to be students of, the reality is it doesn't matter anymore because this is the world we live in. It doesn't matter anymore what the age of your, your mentor is, mm-hmm. you know, because think about it. People who grew up 50 years ago didn't have the internet and don't know it as much as, or as well as some of the kids who are learning it in, in this right. generation, yeah. you know, so you go to the Googles and the Yahoo's and the Microsoft's and the Macs, you know, of the large majority of those to Facebook, yeah. you know, you, the large majority of the people who work in these corporations are not your baby boomers. Mm-hmm. But if the baby boomer is going to learn, guess what? They're going to likely be learning mm-hmm. from somebody who's got who they have kids older than. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and we got to embrace that. We've got to say, you know what? I've as a student of regardless of my age, I've got to come under some authority and some under some leadership. Now, there'll be some things that they can't tell me. They can't tell me about rearing children, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, you know. But they can certainly tell me how to, you know, connect to a server across the world. That's right. Because I've never had to do that. In fact, when I was their age, <laughs> they didn't have that. Yeah. Now I'm not talking my age because I, you know, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> maybe Yuha remembers today when uh, <laughs> when there was no internet. You know? uh, when I think back in as to how when I was coming up, I didn't have I didn't have a drummer pour into me. It was always no seriously. Uh, it, it was it was like the keyboard player. It was just kind of, I guess, my development came just to make me aware of what singers do. You know, and like, how to compliment the yeah, bigger picture. I'm not yeah. so I don't, I wouldn't approach it from this bam 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 thing, but I would approach it from a musical perspective to really push forth the lyrical content. Yeah. You know, and the, uh, you know, I, I never really gave it any thought until just now. I'm just kind of like, wow. You know, I, I, you know, I didn't develop like a lot of drummers are developing now, right. where they're just a nuisance to a lot of people, and they don't want. <laughs> no, seriously, it's like, or they're at home watching all the YouTube videos, and yeah, they're just up. playing all the fat stuff, you know, and it's just kind of that, you know, you can't really hear what anybody's saying behind that. Now you, you, you obviously are, not, are an accomplished musician, and uh, but you planted churches 
and and then your family. I mean, your wife is a mu- is a musician, so and she's kind of co-labored with you in that area of uh, you know we're going to call you apostle. You are well. I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but but you've you've all you've you've done this. So from a musical perspective, because you've almost walked away to some extent from the musical side of mm-hmm. being the musician that you are, the artistic creative person that you are. Mm-hmm to do this other ministry work, mm-hmm. uh, which I think piggybacks on what you said earlier, really stresses the importance. Tell us a little bit about that because it stresses the importance of your earlier point about you establishing who you are in Christ and mm-hmm. that your gifts and talents don't necessarily define who you are in him. Well, you know, I, I came to New York in 1992 uh, with great ambitions as a musician. And, you know, I was a young fellow. I was 19, full of ambition and, you know, then the opportunity came to come to New York, and you know, of course, for musicians, this is the place to be. Mm-hmm. At least was back in in the early nineties. Yeah, now it's Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I came here, and I ended up in this in in this church under under the ministry here, and you know, uh, I I came to learn very quickly that that you know this ministry was about something than just doing music, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't at that moment in that season in my life. I wasn't really walking, having a daily walk with the Lord. So there were serious heart issues that need to be fixed and priorities that that were not right in my life. So, uh, you know, sitting under Pastor Dave, uh, David Wilkerson's preaching, you know, uncompromising preaching, really challenged me and I had to look at my life and I just, you know, to make it short, came to a place of surrender and, uh, you know, just received a call to, to minister and I, I had no idea how that would play out, you know, into what kind of ministry. But he did give me a burden to to share what he shared, with what the Lord shared with me in in the prayer closet. Mm-hmm. You know, the word began to open up to me and I had this fire burning in me, you know, that I wanted to share with whoever would listen. And then, you know, the time came for me after a year to go back to Finland. Um, You know, I had a girlfriend in Finland, so I had to go back, who is now my wife (laughs) of 20 years. I was about to ask you that. (laughs) So so I had, we started dating before I moved here. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, you know, I was in love with her. And that year that I was here, I became clear that I wanted to marry her. So I moved back to Finland to, to basically to marry her, but also went to full-time ministry, started um, in um, under a ministry, in actually in my dad's church in Helsinki, and then went to Bible school, got equipped for doing that type of ministry, um, and uh, went into church planting, and... Um, you know, did that for seven years and then moved on to missions work in Indonesia where we did more preaching and teaching. And mm-hmm. and you were doing and, less and less. Uh, yeah, for, for several years, I basically, I wasn't doing music mm-hmm. or very little music right. at all. So that part of my life was kind of on bypass mode mm-hmm. for several years, actually. Mm-hmm. Where you know, I don't think you can ever separate right. completely if you have music, if you have the gift. But you know, mm. it was a different season for me, sure, and uh, sure. I, I basically I gave up that that ambition to 
make a career out of it. And, you know, God gave me a different uh, dream or different passion yeah. in life for several years. But um, my question was, as you made that shift, um, as you made that shift, was there a mentorship that that you were getting that that led you away from from music more? I, 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 uh, no, no one really told me, you know, you shouldn't be doing music at the same time. For me personally, you know, one of the great examples from from Bible has always been David, King David, because he was such a versatile, multi-gifted person. And David, for me, always was a person who said, you don't have to limit yourself mm-hmm. to one area, right. because he was a great administrator uh, he built, you know, he was a general in the army, but he had this sensitive, softer side, you know, where he was a poet and he was a musician, you know, sure. all at the same time. So I, I never, uh, you know, that, that example helped me a lot that I can have these different areas in my life. And, you know, sometimes the music is just for my private mm-hmm. devotional life. You know, I, I sing a song of the Lord to in the shower. <laughs> you know, nobody's listening or something like that. The gift is there, but the capacity in which I serve is, is different. And I think but, it all ties back, mm-hmm. any way you look at it. If you don't have that that foundation, Scripture says, the, found, the foundation be removed, where, where shall the righteous stand? Right. If you don't have that foundation for why you do what you do. And see, mm-hmm. when we say we're called, and this is probably the other podcast but when we say we're called to do something you know the calling comes from the lord and to me there are no options yeah you, right. you can not you can choose not to heed the call but he doesn't stop calling you and he doesn't lift the calling off your life mm-hmm. you know they're they're without repentance right. <laughs> you know so it's not like it's revoked so and you can go your whole life doing a whole bunch of other stuff you know, I think, and and there are areas because I've had this, you know, personally where there will be seasons of success in those other areas for whatever season it is, and and God operates in that to 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 sharpen you and to train you, but ultimately He's He's gonna mm-hmm. He's calling you to what He's called you to, yeah. you know, because I tried to get away from music ministry full time forever. And I tried everything from law law enforcement to going into business mm-hmm. because I just didn't have the confidence. Uh, in myself or in ministry to believe that, you know, I could get married, raise a family and, you know, buy a house, for goodness sakes, doing ministry, <laughs> you know, uh, without the stigma being attached. And you know how the enemy works. You sure. know, if, you, if you're that successful, you must be, you know, a crooked preacher. Dibbling, or, dabbling. Uh, in yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I just didn't want it uh, for, for that and other reasons. Mm-hmm. But I do know this. He never allowed me to get away from it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and I think you can attest it as going full circle, having, mm-hmm. you know, planted churches, having preached, having done, you know, me- mm-hmm. meetings and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And now you're doing music again mm-hmm. and you're ministering at a whole different mm-hmm. level. It's it's still an, it's a different function. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's really for the same purpose. And I think that's what's right. be, that's got to be established. And when we're talking to this next generation or we're talking to the next uh, influx of people who need to be mentored, they got to understand why they mm-hmm. do what they do. If that yeah. foundation is removed, 
Where shall the righteous stand? We're going to take another break. We'll be back in a minute. Times Square Church is offering a training course in authentic Christian leadership taught by Dr. Lamar Vest. The training is open to pastors, church and ministry leaders, as well as those who play a key role in discipling and mentoring within the church. This six-part course will take place on Wednesday evenings once a month from May through October with the first session on May 22nd. The course is free, but registration is required for all who wish to attend. The sessions will also be webcast live on our website at tscnyc.org. For more information and to register online, visit tscnyc.org. Child Cry is pleased to announce the launching of a new children's book entitled Picnic Pals, written and illustrated by an 11-year-old girl named Emily Skelding from Mobile, Alabama. Emily wants to teach children about the love of Jesus and to help feed hungry children, a passion she developed after reading about Child Cry. In June of 2009, Emily was diagnosed with acute lymphatic leukemia. As she has journeyed along this path, she has shown a quiet strength and a courage that is a testimony of the power of God to transform through suffering. Picnic Pals is available for purchase just online at tscnyc.org and at the Times Square Church book table. 100% of all the proceeds from the sale of the book will go to feed hungry children through child cry. And we're back and we're having a pretty uh, deep, <laughs> uh, thought-provoking discussion about mentoring and about our function in ministry and uh, ultimately we've got to talk about transitioning because once mm-hmm. we're no longer doing this, we've mentored enough people, we've switched functions, and what about what happens when we're not doing any of this anymore? What's, mm-hmm. what's next? I, I got a quick question. Uh, I'm kind of curious to know, how do you guys choose your mentees? Mm. Good question. Mm. You know? Depending on size, weight. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I was just totally a joke. Social status. Do they have status. to actually do exactly what you do, or just something in in the, in the, the mm. realm of just ministry? Period. You know, for yeah. integrity's sake. Yeah, you know what's so interesting? I was just uh, uh, the a couple of days ago. I was at Andy Minio's album release party, and there was a couple of other uh, young guys that I had the opportunity to invest in their lives and, and mentor them. And, and Andy was on the mic and just kind of um, just giving me a shout out and just uh, sharing with just everyone there was there, just a little bit of the journey that he had with me. And he mentioned how um, he, along with a couple of other guys that had come in to an audition when I was uh, putting a team of young ministers together, um, that there was this, uh, this thing I would say when the gifts weren't weren't up to par, but I would say, "Hey, man, you have a really big heart," and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it that's would, like saying, "Bless your heart." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like saying, "You make a joyful noise." That's uh, <laughs> under the Lord. Um, and then, but yet, those ones that I would find that had the big heart, um, I would bring them in as a part of the ministry. Because I had always felt and and being able to invest in these guys' lives, uh, I wanted to their heart needed to be in the right place. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't never really concerned about what their skill set is or their gift or what's their strength on stage. Was there a, a genuine heart after God? Uh, and you'll be surprised. I mean, I think if we can, if we can, for me, 
for me, I'm looking to see where the heart is, mm-hmm. you know, not where the skill set is, not where the ability is. Um, but is your heart aligned with the will of God and the call of God? Is 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 your heart in a place set to react to the word of God? Is your heart um, in a place where you just you want to be and and you're committed to obedience unto the Lord? Is, or do you have an obedient heart? Yeah, I, I think for me it's uh, very similar. Uh, however, when I, if I'm, if ever I'm approached by people who want to be mentored. Um, typically it's they want to be mentored because they play an instrument mm-hmm. you know which naturally the musician in me comes out and of course if they want to do it here in the church right away I'm checking the condition of the heart yeah. why do you want to do this what do you what do you see that makes this so wonderful for you because I'm not trying to develop people to be what I am what I am mm-hmm. because that means they've got to go through what I went through and if I can avoid anybody from going through some oh, of that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then I don't want, you know what I mean? So, uh, and so, and that's another thing I learned early on that, you you know, you got to be careful when you tell people, you know, I want to be just like you. Well, then you got to go through what I went through, mm-hmm. you know, because I went through some stuff to, <laughs> to, uh, to, to be this. And then what is it that you see? You know, what is it that makes you want to do this? Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I'm always looking at the heart, but I share with you in the previous podcast that, you know, I have a nephew who I know I've been mentoring since he was this high. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and right up until, you know, today, I'm still mentoring him who is now, uh, in business for himself, uh, has been for several years now. Um, but whenever he needs some guidance, some question, and it's not church related, it's it's music related, but it's not Christian music related. Mm. Um, uh, and because he knows I've studied the business, and you know that's been part of my study. Um, uh, whenever he's got questions, uh, uh, he, he calls me, and I don't hesitate to unpour. I just empty out yeah. uh, on him everything I know. That's good. Um, but it's an opportunity to mentor him, and he knows going on. You know, he knows off the bat. Well, you know, Uncle Greg, that's <laughs> just what he, he passionately calls me. Uh, is not into all this other stuff over here, you know. So, so I'm not gonna come in and mentor, uh, you know, your hip hop artist or your your, uh, you know, other artists. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who I don't want to classify. Uh, who I don't know how to classify. <laughs> you just say it as it is. Yeah. You know, uh, good people. I think they're yeah. generally good people. You know, but they're clearly not. You know, walking with the Lord, right. uh, and 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 that doesn't mean that they didn't want, you know, but then clearly not walking with the Lord. But but the mentoring part of it is that I get to pour into him from a business perspective because that's my uh, that's my background. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think I enjoy that more than I do mentoring young musicians. I enjoy mm-hmm. the business side of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I love also to see young people, young ministers of music and, and music come up in the ranks. You know, I share often about Mike, who who plays here. Uh, some today now that I'm, when I'm when I take a day off and I'm at home or I'm sick, I'm telling you, I'm sitting there and I'm streaming the service. And my wife and I will sit there and say, "Man, that sounds like me playing." <laughs> you know, I'm hearing my own licks. I'm hearing things yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> because, and and again, it's not that you want people to do things exactly the way you want them to do. Uh, you know, that you do it. You want them to develop themselves. Yeah. And that's the great thing about this young man that I've been able to pull back. And you know, I've spent some time with him, but not nearly as much time as I would have had to to pour into him 
to get him to do what he what he does the way he does it. This was totally on his own accord. And uh, and that that just thoroughly blessed me and thoroughly impresses me to where I'm not insecure mm-hmm. when I'm sick or not feeling or I need a me day and I need to take a day off. I know that I can just call Mike. Say, hey, Mike, you're available. You're going to be mm-hmm. at services. Mike is like, yes. And he never tells me yes if he know if he doesn't absolutely know he can do it. Right. So I don't ever have to second guess his availability. If yeah. he says yes, his yeas mean yay. And I think that's a large part of mentoring. You find out whether or not their yeas mean yay, <laughs> their yeah. nays mean nay, if Trust. they're accountable, if they're available, if they're mm-hmm. you know uh, reliable, uh, yeah. and that their motives are right. Why do you really want to do this? Yeah. Yeah, and I think if, if you are in some kind of leadership, whether it's uh, leadership at home or on whatever level of leadership, you know, God will give you that ability to recognize gifts in other people if you but you have to be intentional about it yeah you have to be on the look lookout for others and willing to pour out into their lives but you know some of it comes with experience also you know you learn to see you know this person is a natural evangelist you know although the the gift is not in full bloom Right. Yet, but you, you, some people are born to be evangelists. Absolutely, the yeah. way they relate to people, mm-hmm. and they just need a little encouragement. You know, you have, you have a gift, and uh, yeah. you know, God will give. I think that's a key need in leadership is that ability to recognize yeah. those gift, God given gifts in other people. So you can't be all self centered. That's the first thing. Because yeah, if you're exactly. all self centered, you you you're not even looking at other people. Absolutely. My, my 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 next question in the oh the whole thing just turned nah, nah, switch that's good carry on what's happening here? <laughs> yeah 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 have well, you got, this is mentorship you know this oh he's picking up the no have you ever found yourself approaching somebody that you feel like you should pour into yes oh and yeah if so how do you do that oh yeah yeah, yeah. well I think uh-huh. you I hit on it you know you you when you Sometimes you're just engaged with those people in conversation yeah. or uh, serving with them in ministry over the years, and you 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 see it, you recognize it. There's there's something that just pops out uh, about that character, mm-hmm. about that personality trait, uh, about that skill set, and it pops out at you. And then they're always around. You know, I'm always yeah. looking for people who are visible. Who are the, you know, they're not trying to be seen, but you just always recognize them. They're just yeah. always yeah. there. You falling and, over them, just yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and then you know, because a lot of times, that, I mean, that's happened to me many times here, and I've had to just yeah. pull back and pray and say, Lord, why do I keep bumping into this kid? Yeah. You know, or why is he always around? Or why is he always popping his head out of the curtain? Or what, what's that yeah. all about? And sometimes the Lord will just say, No, this is one you need to watch. And then pour into when I and seize the moment when you get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's really important to take that time to kind of reflect and and to to pray about it because especially depending on what kind of ministry the person is aspiring to. But you know, I think the same principle that Paul was practicing when appointing elders. Yes. You know, yes. taking that time to to pray and fast because that will clarify and mm-hmm. crystallize. Right. You know, and if sometimes the Lord may show you things that you don't know yeah. naturally when you're that's praying. why we lay hands on no man suddenly, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, you need to take yeah. some time, you know, pull back a little bit Absolutely. from the. Sometimes the person also that has a gift or calling, and you're approaching, you may see it more clearly than that person, and they're not ready. That's right. happened to me before. I remember a young man when I was planting a church. 
uh, you know, that I was so clear that he had a gift of evangelism and a call to ministry. And I, you know, was trying to encourage him, but he wasn't ready for that. Mm. You know, I was more enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. So he needed time more. He's now a youth minister in Finland and, uh, you know, serving the Lord. And it's great to see him there. But, you know, it took longer than I I thought it would have Mm. taken, you know. Well, let's get to this last thought then, because what? Because I think ultimately we all end up in this this place we're about to go, and that is, what if tomorrow we came in? There's no longer a need for a drummer or Pro Tools engineer. No longer a need for a transcriptionist or bassist. No longer a need for a choir director, and you know, or or for us in particular, you know, no longer a need for a second podcast holes or. Or, or drama instructor or, or promoter or manager, no longer a need for what we do right now. What is it that you do next? One, I, I would have to look at, look at it like this. If there's no need for a drummer here at Times Square Church, that doesn't mean that I, no, I stop worshiping. That's mm-hmm. right. I'm a, you know, I was created to worship, so I'll worship and I'll get a regular nine to five, <laughs> just in case if anybody out there is just yeah. thinking, you know, I'm just going to, you know, just go to and fro, you know, taking stuff from people. You know, I'm going <laughs> to give me a few staplers before I leave. Yeah, here, you, yeah, know? Yeah, you know, just, you know, I'm going to get a nine to five, but I'm still going to be a worshiper, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, life goes on. No, I think also it comes to the idea of what is full time ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we've elevated this idea of full-time ministry, right. I think, to disproportionate sure. heights. You know, uh, pa- Pastor Dave actually preached about that topic. I looked mm-hmm. up the sermon years ago called Full-Time Ministry, mm-hmm. and basically he was saying you can be in, quote-unquote, quote uh, full-time, they, they don't see the full-time quote, ministry yes. <laughs> without being in full-time ministry. Right, right. But you it's can like, also be in part-time ministry yet be in full-time exactly. ministry. Exactly. You know, you can be... a plumber and be in full-time ministry ministry. if you do it as worshipfully Mm -hmm. as unto the Lord Lord, Mm -hmm. you know but you can be in full-time ministry working for a church Mm -hmm. if your heart is not it you're not really in full-time ministry ministry. that's right Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know Paul had his tent making business that he used to to support himself Mm -hmm. at other times when the the ministry didn't provide the income for him. And I think that's key because a lot of times we don't talk about the fact that for for those who serve in full-time ministry are still actually being supported. You know, it's almost like we don't want to talk about the support side of ministry. You have to feed your family. You know, you've got to pay your mortgage or your rent or your car note or get your teeth fixed or whatever it is. Yeah, sometimes it's almost... Presented as a defeat, exactly. you know, if someone is called to ministry yet they are doing right. some secular work. Right. Paul right. didn't say it that way. Exactly. You oh know? Lord Jesus, this is another podcast. <laughs> Disciples didn't. They were fishers. They were still fisher, fishermen. Exactly. Still fishermen. After right. you know. Right. And so a large part of that still involves, you know, what even if I have to get a nine to five, you know, I am not beyond coming out of the suit and tie. And working, you know, going out and uh, I, I use the expression lightly, but going out and killing something and dragging it home so the family can eat. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we have to do that. And so I think somewhere in in full time ministry, as we know, and I'm quoting again, quote, quote, because <laughs> you can't see me doing this. <laughs> so, <laughs> quote, end quote. You know um, that in full time ministry, as we know it, um, 
uh, doesn't necessarily mean that because I'm no longer serving nine to five at the church that I'm no longer in ministry. And again, it goes back to the foundational thing. Why do we do what we do? What are we saved to be doing? And if we'll keep that for, 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 you know, forefront and keep that up front, I think we, we uh, resist losing the perspective of ministry. We, we, we resist losing the, uh, uh, the proper order or the perspective, if you will, uh, the proper order of what we call ministry or music ministry or whatever ministry you're serving in, whatever capacity mm-hmm. uh, it is. Yeah. Um, well, it's good stuff. I, <laughs> if it all ended for me, I'd be at peace. Mm-hmm. I'd be content, especially just seeing what the Lord has done for me over the years and has dealt with and how he has dealt with my heart and continues to deal with my heart. I remember when I was in Bible school and uh, at the Bible school I was at just outside of the city of Rochester, New York. Um, I had started the first uh, gospel choir on campus. Um, I was the leader of these uh, youth ministry prison, uh, a youth prison ministry, I should say. Mm. Um, and then we had like sort of these prayer group divisions on campus and I was president of the urban prayer group. I did that for a whole year. And then when I got back, I thought my rightful quote unquote rightful <laughs> position was going to be intact when I got, and when I showed up, uh, uh, you would go to a certain board to see where all your ministry outstations were or all your ministry placements were. So I went right to the board, assuming that my three t- uh, positions of director were all there and I was stripped of all three mm. positions the choir director no longer had somebody else's name up there and and uh the 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 uh, youth prison ministry gone i wasn't even on the list there <laughs> and then uh and then the urban prayer group ministry gone and um i threw a fit mm. and uh it was like it was like someone had shot me um and i was really wounded and very upset and uh, went storming into the to the dean of students um i don't know what's going on um, and, uh, and just long story short, but it, it was a season where I wasn't content mm-hmm. if I was not in a position of ministry because my position of ministry, um, was an effort that I was taking on in a selfish way mm-hmm. to prove to myself mm-hmm. that I was valuable to prove to the mentors and the leadership above me. I was trying to prove to them that I was good at something. And I was trying to prove to those that I was leading that Mm -hmm. I was valuable in ministry and I wasn't content and I was disgruntled and I was frustrated and my intentions and my motives were all wrong. And the Lord dealt with me in that season. And I've come, boy, it's been a long journey (laughs) where I can now come to a place to say, man, my ministry is not based on position and, Mm -hmm. and title. Um, but my ministry is based on giving Christ the glory in all of my ways, in my thinking, in my actions, um, in my emotions, and submitting to him and walking with him and being at peace. Just even now, it's like if everything was gone tomorrow, I'd be okay knowing that now I need to just live out my life with just simply just the acts of kindness mm-hmm. to my family and to my brothers and sisters around me, that Christ would be glorified. And and I got to bring us back to that scripture. You know, there was an age where 20 and 5, scripture says 20 and 5, where they served. And there was an age of 50 yeah, where they pulled back. 
And mm-hmm. I read it. I'm like, I'm five years away from not having to do this anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was a thought in my heart. I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my my natural life, my yeah. my being alive. And so I'm never going to run out of things to do in the kingdom. Right. And whether I'm sitting in front of a choir or I'm sitting in front of a congregation leading worship or whether uh, I'm in the office just paying the bills or whether I'm not even at the church at all and I'm down at Mickey D's. You know, because my family's gonna, you know, we're gonna eat. God's gonna take care of us. <laughs> and if He says do it at McDonald's or do it through McDonald's, then I gotta do it through McDonald's. You know, but I guess my point is, is I am, I've found that place, Dave, that you just talked about of contentment, and I've had to, I've had to get there. Yeah, not because of of any force, but because the Scripture tells us to to find that place of contentment, to find that place. Uh, that place of of godliness with contentment is what I want to mm. say, um, and I think you, I think true contentment comes out of a true genuine relationship with with God and what He's called you to, and and the fact that we are His children, and that not a day goes by where He's not concerned with our overall well being, mm. that we prosper and be in good health, That's right. even as our souls prosper. I mean that He's so in tune to our needs to. The, the number of hairs on our heads, you know, I mean, right down to that detail. And so either God is who he says he is or he's not. Either he'll do what he says he'll do or he won't. And only a true believer who have who've tested the word of God, have been tried in some things, can attest to the fact that, you know, God is faithful to his word. Amen. And if I'm not doing this tomorrow, I'm doing something else. But it doesn't change who I am in him. It may change my status, Mm-hmm. I mean, my yeah, I may change my 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 state rather, mm-hmm. but my status is I'm still a son, mm-hmm. and he still right. loves me. You know, my state may be a little wacky right, right now, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but my status is constantly the same in him. It never changes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Good to and know. on that note, do remember: if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. Join us again next time here on TSC Music with a mission. Join my King in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet. And don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, music industry veteran Jeremy Castro discusses marketing Christian music and the battles between business and ministry. 